It's from Romans 15. Those of us who are strong and able in the faith need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter and not just do what is most convenient for us. Strength is for service, not status. Each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us, asking ourselves, how can I help? That's exactly what Jesus did. He didn't make it easy for himself by avoiding people's troubles, but waded right in and helped out. I took on the troubles of the troubled, is the way scripture puts it. Even if it was written in scripture long ago, you can be sure it's written for us. God wants the combination of his steady, constant calling and warm personal counsel in scripture to come to characterize us, keeping us alert for whatever he will do next. May our dependably steady and warmly personal God develop maturity in you so that you get along with each other as well as Jesus gets along with us all. Then we'll be a choir, not only, not our voices only, but our very lives singing in harmony in a stunning anthem to the God and Father of our Master, Jesus. So reach out and welcome one another to God's glory. Jesus did it. Now you do it. Oh, may the God of green hope fill you up with joy, fill you up with peace, so that your believing lives, filled with the life-giving energy of the Holy Spirit, will brim over with hope. Thanks, Holly. You can grab a seat. Again, as we mentioned last week, it was said multiple times today, Evan is a season of anticipation, of watching and being ready for that for which we hope. Um, it's meant to, um, in all the traditions, all the signs, all the things that are around us, whether they be a Christmas tree or stockings, uh, whether it be in gift giving, whether it be in songs that are sung, uh, all these things are meant to, these symbols and signals are meant to awaken us to the reality of, of the very thing that we hope for about to come about. That at the end of the circle, we get to the thing we want. That on one day, on the 25th, the things under the tree are opened. That what spills over in unexpected um, abundance out of the stockings will get to be used and put into use. Right? So as, as much as Advent and Christmas is about this season and the joys of the season and the feelings of the season, it's about this idea of getting the thing that we actually hope for. All the signs are remind us of what we expect. We know that the 25th will arrive because it's arrived before, and so hope is more than wishfulness, right? Growing up, you hoped for, you wished for certain things, right, under the tree. The, the hope of Advent is a little bit different. It has a similarity to it, that same excitement of, of hoping, of, of anticipating, of longing to, to open your door, to run out, and to, to pull back the, 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 the wrapping or to go see the thing that you had asked somebody for, um, whoever that somebody might have been for, like to be there, right? There's, there's a piece of that that Advent and Christmas is supposed to engender in us. But more than that, it's a hope that is energy, because in Advent, we don't celebrate something that we expected to come, but aren't sure, but rather that we have seen. And so hope becomes an energy, a movement, a momentum compelling us to get up and get active. To put on what we've received, even as we long for more of it in its fullness. 
And Paul, as he did for us last week, picks up this theme of hope. And like Advent, Paul in Romans implores us to keep alert for whatever God will do next. But this expectancy of God, of God acting, like our intentions this season, is not simply a wishful thinking, a maybe belief, but comes from the fact that God has already acted. The, the anticipation that Paul has, the expectancy that Paul has for us, comes not from the simple belief that God will act, but the fact that God has acted. As Sam read for us, God makes his people strong. Not will make his people strong, but makes his people strong. God, not, not God will make, give peace to his people, but God does give peace to his people. We hear the prophecy of Isaiah or the poem of grief in each advent, and we yearn for the wolves to be made meek and their bark used for justice and equity. We long for the lambs to be delivered from jeopardy, empowered with courage. We confess our desire for worldwide peace and that the antagonism and discord of predator and prey, winner and loser, powerful and weak, wealthy and poor, successful and struggling is actually unnatural. We express that in advent. We confess that that the way the world works doesn't feel like the way the world can work, should work, will work. And Advent reminds us of this deep longing for harmony, a yearning for wholeness, for shalom, for peace. And Advent, like Paul, urges us not to just long for it, to get into the feeling of the moment, but to practice it, to be practicers of peace, to make peace in homes and heart, because peace has come on earth to humankind, whom our Father is pleased in. Christmas reminds us of our Father's delight and affection because at Christmas, we remember what Jesus entered into for us. Paul says it this way. He said Jesus didn't make it easy for himself by avoiding people's troubles. He didn't come into a place and a time where everything was working out well. He didn't come in power and position and influence and wealth. He came to a troubled people at a troubled place in a troubled time. And he didn't just kind of mess around on the edges of it, but he waded right into it in the midst of it, and he helped out. I took on the troubles of the troubled, is the way the scriptures put it. That's what Jesus did for us. That's what we remember about Christmas when we tell the stories of Christmas, when we tell the stories of Joseph and Mary and Zachariah and Simeon and, and, um, and all the ones we're reading in our Jesse tree and all the ones that we read um, with our kids. Like these stories remind us that Jesus entered into a really broken world and didn't avoid it. Jesus entered into the muck, made his way through the floodwaters to establish his rule and power, to strengthen his people, to give them peace. He came to make the wolves meek and the lambs courageous, not through means of war or wealth, not from a position of influence or place of victory, but through becoming, as Paul would later say, becoming sin, the one who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That we might become the harmony of God. The, the way of relating to God into the world that reverberates throughout the earth. For Paul says, even if it was written in Scripture long ago, you can't be sure it wasn't written for us. That this truth of peace coming through Jesus, this truth of us being made men and women of peace through God coming with us and being here for us. This is for us. 
And God wants to, the combination of his steady, constant calling, this consistent cry that is not just in this season, but in every season. Every time we gather together, this calling and this cry to be who we are made to be in the image of his son. Along with his warm personal counsel in scripture to characterize us. Keep us alert for whatever he will do next. May our dependably steady and warmly personal God develop maturity in you so that you get along with each other. That the thing that God is after in us, what God longs for us in our maturing into who we are in him, is that we might be ones who live in harmony with one another. Live at peace with one another. Just as Jesus lives in harmony with us and allows us to live in harmony with our Father. Then, says Paul, we'll be a choir. Then we'll get to join with the angels in singing, glory to God in the highest on earth, peace among humankind, whom he delights. Not just with our voices, though. Not just in our proclaims in these spaces and where we gather together, where it's safe for all of us to say the same thing, but in the harmony of our lives will be the stunning anthem to God the Father and our Master Jesus. Advent is meant to stir us into this, to remind us of what has happened so that we can live into the reality that is God with us and God for us. Advent stirs up us to hope for peace, to yearn for harmony and wholeness, and Advent compels us to make peace, to live as ones who, again, as Paul said, are made strong by God with us and God for us. We've been made strong and are able in faith to step in and lend a hand to those who falter. And not just do what is most convenient for us. For we have been strengthened for service and not status. Christ came not to simply elevate us, but to allow us in his affection for us, in his taking what is broken and making it whole, allow us to be a part of making the whole world whole. Each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us. Asking ourselves, how can I help? Each one of us, having heard the angels cry, peace, like the shepherds, get to go shepherd. Get to enter into and help bring about peace. Will we have received that first Noel, that night the angels sang and declared peace on earth among humankind, with whom God is pleased? We extend in words and warmth to our fellow humankind. That's what Christmas season is meant to, Advent season is meant to compel us to do, not just engender in us a longing for it, but to compel in us a life of extending peace. And listen, we are ones who extend this peace, most especially to those who we contribute to and experience the pains of antagonism most. Those to whom we at times act more like wolves and sometimes those whom we feel around like lambs. Those closest to us in proximity and relation. Those who have wronged us and whom we've wronged. Those who we feel are against us and who we have organized our lives at times to be against. Those who share our lineage even if we don't like to say and claim it. <laughs> Those who are near us in need. But that's what Jesus did. He didn't enter into the grandscape of salvation on a giant battlefield, on a cosmic collision. That, that will come. That's a part of what we talked about in Peter's stories. Remember his letters? 
but Jesus entered into it in the most ordinary of places, in the most ordinary of contexts, into a home with ordinary people. With people who were longing for God to work and people who were against God, the idea of God working. And he did so not out of mere obligation, but because he was full of peace. He was filled with the life-giving spirit of peace itself. In Advent, we are open to the shelter of the place of peace. In Advent, we are reminded that peace on earth is God with us. It's the safe place for which we hope from. It's what Lily read for us last week in our psalm last week said, My help and glory are in God. Grant it strength and safe harbor, God. So trust Him absolutely, people. Pour out your heart before Him, everyone. For God is a safe place to be. And where is God? And where is God? Are we reminded that God is at Christmas with us? Emmanuel. A child born to save the world. To create a space safe enough for us to hope. And therefore, a place from which we can open our shelters, our homes, our hearts to those exposed to the wilds of this natural but unnatural world of predator and prey. At Christmas, we become peacemakers, as Jesus would later call our lives. Ones who are poor in spirit, who know our need, who are mournful for the discord that we cause and the discord that's experienced by others and ourselves. Who are meek, who have our barks turned for just living and equity. Who are desirous of what is harmonious, righteous, living mercifully for the mercy we have received. And solely enamored by the giver. And therefore, shares of the peace we've received. For our hope has arrived Peace has come, showing us how things should be, how things can be, and how things will be. Through our lives, lived like him. So, Paul says, reach out and welcome one another to God's glory. Jesus did it, now you do it. There's a part of this season that... Um, we do these things, right? We have these liturgies. We have all the symbols around us um, that are meant to, um, again, engender hope in us, a longing for peace in us, compel us to live out of the hope that we have, to live into the peace that we've been given, to share it with others. But there's something that also happens in this season um, that kind of keeps us from some of that. And that's just the sheer speed of it, Right? Like, we've talked about it, I think, in a dozen conversations this week of how quickly this season goes, how fast this season moves, how full our schedules get. And so we want to, in this space, create a moment to do what Mary did. In the midst of the season that moves so quickly, let us stop and treasure up all these things, these truths about Jesus and what he brings to us, and to ponder them in our hearts. And so, as we make our way towards Christmas, as we express our desires, that we're ready for him to bring peace, let us sit in the truth that peace has come and ask the question, will we live in what's already true? Let's take a moment to quiet our hearts and our minds and still our bodies 
so we can treasure up and ponder the gift that is our reality in Jesus, the gift of peace. So in the silence of your space, do this for me. Close your eyes, and if you're not comfortable, close your eyes. Just look at the ground. And it's just, that's just a way to kind of help you be in your space and help the person next to you be in theirs. And so as you quiet your mind, as you quiet your heart, let's, in solitude in your space, just still your body. And to help you do that, just take three deep breaths. As you breathe in, breathe in the words God gives. As you breathe out, the word peace. God gives peace. God gives peace. God gives peace. If your mind wanders in the next few moments, just breathe in the prayer again. Come back to a place of quiet and sit in the truth that peace has come. That already amid the floodwaters and chaos of life, a whole and holy world is being formed. A world that you're a part of. A world that you walk in every day. A new creation birthing as the branch of Jesse spreads over the earth. This is what is true in you, for you, and through you by converting grace. Sit in that for just a few moments. What is true is that your life has been made whole and harmonious because of Jesus. So for just a minute, for about 30 seconds, before we move into one more moment of reflection, confess two things. Gratitude and 
or you don't believe. Doubt. Remember that it's our Father whose compassion and consistent presence is compelling you to be honest. Not his demand for righteousness, for it is not his righteousness he demands from you, but Jesus. And it has been given. So confess with gratitude that peace has come. And if there is a moment of doubt, an area of doubt, you're not living in that peace, let the Father know it. Just a second, and then we'll have one more reflection. One last time with your eyes closed or head down, breathe in the prayer God gives and breathe out peace. Because once you've received it, even if at times you struggle to believe it. And now, in these last couple moments, as we recognize from all the signs around us, all the symbols around us, all the songs around us that Christ has come, that peace has come on earth. Join in the song. Ask the Father. Who am I to share peace with? Again, Christmas is, as much as it is about us experiencing the feelings and the emotions, the joys of this season, it's also about us living them for the sake of others. So to whom is God's steady, constant calling? His warm personal counsel strengthening you to courageously, sacrificially, and selflessly bring harmony and wholeness to you. Oh, Father, Father of new and living hope, fill us with joy. Fill us with peace so that our believing lives 
filled with the life-giving energy of the Holy Spirit, will brim over with the hope that we have received. Then we'll be a choir. Our lives join in the angel's song today, this season, and the years ahead. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you will, for this next part, grab your communion elements in the seats in front of you and stand with me. Um, we've made this a part of our Advent tradition over the last few years, um, and uh, we join in with some of our Episcopal and Anglican and even Orthodox brothers and sisters in um, adding to our kind of liturgy the canticles. Um, if you're not familiar with canticles, these are usually chanted or sung prayers and scriptures. We won't be doing chanting or singing. Uh, we'll use them more as confessing. Ryan is preparing next year to, to lead us in chant, but uh, we'll get there. Um, and today we're going we're gonna to not so much chant again, but we'll confess a song sung by Simeon in Luke 2. Um, a, a prayer prayed um, after he's seen Jesus alive. The, the promise that he'd been waiting for, that gift delivered. It's a hymn of confession and praise and supplication. It's a prayed song of seeing and living the peace that we've received and are reminded of in this decorative visions around us in Christmas, into which we taste and touch each time we gather and break the bread like the body of Jesus broken and receive the juice as his life poured out that we might have life. And so, as we do this together, I'll read what's just in the white writing, and together we'll read the highlighted, okay? So, Lord, you now have set your servants free to go in peace as you have promised. For these eyes of ours have seen the Savior whom you have prepared for all the world to see. A light to enlighten the nations in the glory of your people. He who died that we might live and now live, say it says, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. In humility and with courage, we receive the symbols of peace on earth, saying together, Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. God is reconciled See His plans of love accomplished See His gift, this newborn child See the mighty, weak, and tender 